Well, summer is almost here, and we know lots of kids will be heading to the pool. We have author Johnny Christmas, who is an award-winning and best-selling graphic novelist, who is here to talk about his latest book that shares the importance of swimming in the Black community. Statistically, we all know that Black children die as a result of drowning more than white children do. And there's even um, children who are not, Black children who aren't as familiar with swimming as white children as well. So um, he has written a book called Swim Team, Small Waves, Big Changes, and he is here to talk about it. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thanks so much for having me. Now, um, first, we know that as we said, you know, a lot of people will be heading to the pool this summer, especially kids. Um, why do you think it, it's important to look at the role of swimming in the Black community? Well, uh, I think uh, it, it's important because it, there's been a lack of um, pools. There, there is a lack of uh, pools in Black communities, and that's historical. Um, and that affects the way our, our young people live their entire lives. You know, um, uh, Black children are, I think, 64% of Black children don't know how to swim. Black children are eight times more likely to die of drowning in a pool than their white friends. And that, that has a, a massive impact on the way one uh, lives their life, carries out um, you know, their life. Like I myself, I almost drowned when I was five and that had a major impact on, on how I related to swimming and, and being around the water, going on boats, all of that. So it's vitally important. It's a matter of life and death. Yes, it is, absolutely. And you're so true about the lack of um, swimming pools in African-American communities. Um, I was fortunate enough to grow up in an area that had a pool, but it was a public pool. Um, anyone could come in, you know, from anywhere. And most times it was just way too crowded. It was um, stationed in a park, a large park. And so many times it was just way too crowded. And, you know, the scene was a little bit too too um, crazy and hectic for um, my mom to, you know, let my brother and I go over there. So we actually never went to it <laughs> because yeah. of that. And we didn't um, actually get introduced to swimming until we went to camp, which was when we were about seven years old. So um, as you said, you know, had it not been for that, we wouldn't know how to swim neither. And it's the same with my children, you know, as well. We live in an area where there is no pool. So I'm glad that you brought that up because a lot of people aren't really aware of that. So thank you for that. Now you talked about how you almost drowned as a young child. Um, share more, if you don't mind, share more about that experience and um, how that inspired the theme that you have with the book. Sure. Yeah, when I was uh, around five years old, we were on a family vacation and, um, at St. Thomas, and I, uh, to visit family there, and I was around the pool, and I fell in, and my uncle pulled me out of there, but that was so um, foundational to the way I saw the world and my relation to the, the pool at, at such a young age to have that kind of... Um, interaction with it and that that was how I met this deep water it was just this immersive you know vast space that I was completely powerless in and that that had a profound effect on on my life going forward you know as a young person I thought it was a 
growing up, I didn't know how large the problem was. I thought it was a personal failing. I thought it was just me until I started, um, you know, doing research around this book specifically and started seeing the numbers and started to talk to my other friends when they were asking, hey, what are you working on? I was just like, oh yeah, I'm telling this story and, you know, tell them about it, tell them about my story. And I tell them about Bree's story, our protagonist in the, in the book. And then they tell me that I'm telling them about their story, that they had a, a similar situation like that, or that they too uh, knew someone who had a situation like that where they, there was a drowning or near drowning. Um, it's funny that you mentioned camp. My, my kid sister is the, the one of us who knew how to swim as a kid because she went to camp and we didn't. Um, she was in a special school program where she actually got to camp where, and um, so it's funny how, how so many of these things have echoes and, and, um, and, uh, and, and also in your experience about having a, a, when there is a pool available, sometimes it's just like overcrowded or under um, poorly maintained or under-resourced so that even if you do have one available, which many people don't, you can't really even access it in a way that's, um, that, in a way that's conducive to learning how to swim. Exactly, correctly, because in smaller communities, you know, the swimming pool, the quote unquote community swimming pool is specifically for that community. Um, whereas, you know, in the city um, where I grew up, that pool's for anybody, you know, in the city, basically. Right. So, yeah, that, that's. Am I, am I asking where you grew up? Um, St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis, all right. Yes. And um, so I grew up in um, what's considered Midtown St. Louis. And um, one of the bigger parks, Fairground Park, had a pool in it. It's not operable anymore, but um, back then it was operable. But um, just as with the other city parks in the area, which were already far few and in between as it was, yeah. they're for anyone. You know, you, you pay your, well, back then it was a quarter. Um, <laughs> you know, you pay your, your quarter or your 50 cent and you're allowed to come in. So, yeah, like you said, majorly crowded. Um, you may not be familiar with the people, you know, who are there because they're coming from everywhere and you're very yeah. uncomfortable. So there's definitely not an environment to learn to swim in, or even if you do know how to swim as a child, it's definitely not an environment to feel comfortable in as a child, you know, with that much crowd, especially if it's, you know, more older teens and adults yeah. than it is young children. So um, thank you for bringing that up about your, your sister and, you know, the, um, how she would have been in the same situation had she not went to camp, because that is definitely um, my brother and I's experience, as well as many um, people I know experiences who grew up in our area as well. Now, uh, you talked about the protagonist, Bree, in your book, in the book Swim Team. Um, and we are, you know, you and I are going back and forth right now about these real world issues that are kind of swept under the rug. Um, tell us how does Bree in the book learn how to deal with these real world issues? Sure. So Bree in the book, she comes from Brooklyn with her dad. Her dad gets a new job in this town um, called Palmetto Shores, Florida. That um, it's a kind of amalgamation of, of a few of the Florida towns. I grew up in Miami, Florida. And um, so Florida has all these, these interesting towns. So I, I thought I'd, I'd make a town that kind of has all these interesting aspects of, um, of Floridian you know, cities and towns. And, but in this town of Palmetto uh, Shores, all the kids, like the, the towns swim crazy, right? They had a, a, 
they almost went to state championships uh, and they have a swim team that's really powerful. So everybody's really kind of whipped up. It's uh, everyone loves swimming in this town. Like people love, you know, college football and, and Texas or, or what have you, you know, like they're really about it. So Bree is this fish out of water. She comes having no experience with swimming, coming with these uh, prepackaged stereotypes that, that, um, that affect even the black community that black people can't swim because she didn't have friends who swim. She didn't have a pool nearby. So to her, it was, it was this, this um, stereotype that was reinforced through just the circumstances that she grew up in. Um, so she gets to this town and she feels completely um, out of the loop. And the only uh, elective available to her is Swim 101. And, and Bree's a star student, she loves school. And, and she finds herself in a situation where she's skipping a class, which is just unheard of for her. So um, to, just to show just how much she's trying to avoid the pool. So we get into a situation where Bree accidentally falls in one day and then her, um, her kind neighbor, Miss Etta, who was once a, a swim team champ in her day, pulls Bree out of the pool and slowly starts teaching Bree how to swim little by little, getting her comfortable at first with water, getting her um, comfortable with the surroundings, getting her comfortable with, with her body in the water and how that feels, getting her comfortable with, you're not gonna get it right away, just little by little. And over time, Brie actually becomes a very confident swimmer. So good in fact, because she's just learning with Miss Etta, she doesn't realize how good she's getting until she gets back to school and she's forced to do a, a race and she's really, really good. You know, she's had this one-on-one -on -one training and, and she was, you know, all the, all the, um, all the kind of mental part of it's kind of taken away from her. And she's actually, when she's just focused on swimming, she's actually quite good. She joins the swim team. And then we start this whole second part of the book where it's about competition and, and making friends and, and a team gelling together and then competing, learning how to win gracefully and, and lose with, um, with grace as well. And, and learning those life lessons through sport. Yeah, so one of those, um, one of the main points that really struck a chord with me is, is as you said, you know, that stereotype that Black people can't swim and the whole um, theme surrounding, you know, that the school has a swim team. Um, it touched me a lot because I had no idea that there was a such thing called a swim team <laughs> for schools. Um, as I said, you know, going to, going to school, in the inner city, there was no such thing as a swim team. Um, I did not learn about swim teams being a thing until my senior year in high school. And that's because I was kind of forced to transfer to a new school, um, a much larger school that had a swim team. I didn't know such a thing existed. But at the same time, even though I knew how to swim, I was too scared to try out for that very reason the entire swim team was white <laughs> and when I kind of peeped into you know the tryouts everyone who was trying out was white and so I just kind of turned around and left so that's why this book really touches my heart a lot because that's happened that happens so much um, with us with you know in our community where we're, you know, we know that stereotype, you know, we know we're going to get those side eyes and, and that can be very intimidating and very uncomfortable. So um, Brie, you know, getting in this situation where she finds someone that says, you know, hey, you know, unfortunately she had to fall in, but she gets a person that says, you know, hey, I understand, 
you know, how you may be feeling. So let me help you along the way. Just a um, very beautiful story there. And you illustrate it wonderfully with um, the graphics inside the book. Tell us more about um, how you address or how, what approach you took to address that the kind of stereotypes, the systematic racism um, in the graphic novel format that you did? Uh, the way I approached it was taking it in the very same way that Bree learned how to swim, little by little, piece by piece. I wanted to dismantle that stereotype little by little, piece by piece. So when Bree asks the question to Miss Etta, well, I thought, I thought Black people don't know how to swim. Miss Etta counters with, I'm Black and I know how to swim. You know, let's strike one on that. And then Bree's in, a, well, why don't I know how to swim? Why can't any of my friends that I grew up with know how to swim? And then Miss Etta takes her little by little through it saying, you know, um, Black people have always swam and, you know, from time immemorial, you know, but when we got into, when, when these segregated um, laws and policies were put in places and pools were, were taken away, we didn't have that access to our swimming culture. We, it, it was like, in the, in the book, I use a motif of a jigsaw puzzle. And if you start taking mm -hmm. pieces out of the jigsaw puzzle, mm -hmm. it's no longer a jigsaw puzzle. It doesn't work anymore if you start taking things out. And we know that parents who don't know how to swim are less likely to have children who know how to swim. So you can't pass that lesson along if you don't have it to pass along. So growing up in Florida, where I, where I grew up, um, there was, um, you couldn't, there was one beach that was accessible to black people. So black people from all across the country would go to this one beach. Um, uh, there was, you know, pools, like when white flight happened, pools were either shuttered or, um, you know, moved to, to the, the white neighborhoods. Right. And um, so, all these things in place. And then when black people even did get access to pools or, or try to, to push back against it or protest, you know, you had the situation in, um, uh, in Florida where in 1964, where they poured bleach in the pool and uh, where, where, um, where black people were having a, uh, it was called a swim in. They were protesting uh, segregation of pools at this hotel. So there was all this pushback that made it um, very hard for black people to have access because there was a, a concerted effort to keep um, uh, the, these public swimming areas, making them integrated. So, so you have this, this, this people in the culture and, you know, who, who swam, who are taken away from that. And then you have a situation where we have to little by little put ourselves, put our jigsaw puzzle back together again, as Miss Etta tells um, Bree, like, we're going to get you back in the puzzle. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to reconnect all the pieces little by little piece by piece. Um, and that it's not her fault. It, it wasn't, she's a little kid. I mean, she didn't, she doesn't build swimming pools, you know? Right. She grew up in a neighborhood that didn't have them. And then right. by the time you even get near one, um, if you don't have one, you're already, you know, you're, you're a bit older. And, and now that fear can be very pronounced because it's not like a thing that you did ever since you're like a little baby. And you're, it's like, you know, like, like the air you breathe. It's just completely alien um, situation. And if you're not allowed near a beach, a river, a pool, or what have you, and the first time you encounter a pool is you're, you know, like eight, nine, five years old in my case, that could be, um, that could be, uh, that could be a bad time and a bad way to be introduced to, to the pool. Absolutely. I agree. And I'm glad that you brought that up because we know um, as summer approaches, travel is going to pick up as well. And 
most families, especially, you know, our black families, we travel, you know, we go from hotel to hotel and we go to the pool, right? Mm -hmm. We take the kids down to the pool or let them go down to the pool. When you have, when you're traveling often throughout the summer months and you're going to different hotels, you know, each pool is different, which means that each environment is different. So when you have a young child, you know, that, as you said, that can kind of be a scary thing because water, as you said, to a young child, that's a big thing. And so to have that situation going on, you know, I, I always try to advise parents um, to, when they're traveling, you know, kind of steer clear of, you know, the, if you have young children, yes. if you're going to take them to the pool as part of, you know, your hotel experience, just try to um, make sure you stay at the same hotel, you know, versus various hotels, because sometimes the setup is similar and that can help them feel a, you know, a sense of familiarity with everything. Um, I, myself, I didn't, I never took my children to hotel pools. It just wasn't my thing, but, um, that is something that, as you said, is absolutely true that, you know, the younger you are, you're going into this new place with all this water that can, be you know very intimidating for you and with your pictures that you use the the, um the graphics that you use in your book it it tells that story it jumps out on the page at you and you can feel those emotions coming through in your graphics that you use um i know that you do believe that a picture is worth a thousand words Mm -hmm. tell us um with graphic novels and comics do you see these being um, used as an educational tool in the classroom very soon? Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. There's so many great uh, graphic novels and comic books that are used as um, teaching tools because they're they're a very immediate way to put yourself in a character's situation and and a very um, artful way to get across the feeling. So like in Swim Team, for example, until Brie gets comfortable with the pool, every time she's in a pool, you'll notice there's almost no background. It's just a vast sea of like this kid in this giant ocean, right? And only after she gets comfortable with the pool does she start noticing, oh, the tiles are actually just right there. The the railing's just right there. So, you know, so in in through the art, I can capture the feeling of what it feels like. In reality, the tile's there, the, the, the edge is there, but it doesn't feel like that when you fall into it and you're completely unfamiliar with it. So that way we can um, have, we can connect in a, in, a, in a very emotional way to the, the truth of that experience and, the, and how it feels, but then also show in a gentle way, like, oh, actually the fact of the situation is that there, there, there are things around. So if you do it in a safe way, then hopefully little by little, we can get our young people in this, um, this you know, uh, this environment in, in a safe way. And um, but yeah, graphic novels. I remember I, I read Mouse about uh, the Holocaust. It was a graphic novel I read, I think, back in high school, which was really interesting because it was the same thing. It was um, your uh, uh, from the uh, viewpoint of the main character, who's a son telling the story of his dad who survived, and they were portrayed as these little mice. Um, but it was like this really gentle way in to this really hard story, and it, and it was educational in a um, empathetic way. It wasn't just like reading a book about like facts and figures and this happened and that happened. It's, oh, all of a sudden I'm 
this person in this world. Now, what do I do? You know, so I think graphic novels have this, um, since they, they have this beautiful immediate, um, beautiful immediacy, like when, when Lucy pulls the ball out, when Charlie Brown tries to kick it, you know exactly how he feels when he tries to <laughs> get that ball and he can't get that ball, you know? Um, and and it's, a, it's a really powerful tool for empathy in that way. Um, and I think empathy is a really great way to learn um, because uh, if it's just facts and figures, a lot of time you can go over your head, you can kind of like zone out. But if, if we can place um, people in a, in a situation, I think they understand the situation a lot better and they understand what would they do were they in that situation? And then they understand the plight of other people a lot better because they can see themselves reflected in the lives of someone else, someone else. Absolutely. And we know that, you know, those graphic novels do exist for, you know, the tried and true teachings in, in school, like you said, such as the Holocaust and, and you know, historical events, things like that, to um, now have graphic novels be introduced to situations that touch more upon the actual student the student's life you know and things that they may be experiencing um that is that can be very very um critical and beneficial for kids you know something like swimming you know that's not something that's you know really taught or or really introduced you know in in a typical classroom environment You know, you have your world history, your English, things of that nature, but there's, right, but there's nothing, you know, there's nothing that's, we're starting to get more and more um, novels, graphic novels that can reach young readers for things that they are going through in that space and time. Something as, you know, something as personal as swimming, you know, as personal as sleeping, things of that, you know, trouble sleeping, things of that nature. So I'm just very grateful for you doing this novel to help young readers um, explore not only how they may feel about swimming, um, but also the difficult themes that you address in the book too, um, like race and inclusion and those stereotypes. It's just a wonderful book from beginning to end. And and I just really appreciate you doing it for um, young readers through the summer. Now we are talking about summer. So I have to ask you what advice or um, words of wisdom would you like to give to your young reading audience for this summer as they go into the, the end of the school year and into summer? Uh, I would say have fun, like have fun. It's, um, it, we've all gone through a very challenging couple of years, especially our young people and um, being uh, not, not having the way of interacting that many of us in the past had the privilege and, and, and pleasures of. So, so if, if you get to, to have fun with your friends, really, really savor it. Um, the other thing I'd like to, to, to say to our young readers, and it was one of the messages in Swim Team is that um, you don't have to be good at everything right away. Like everything takes time and trial and effort. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be absolute with anything. Like you could just enjoy it, enjoy your way into a thing, like uh, be comfortable with it. Like, like Brie does with the pool. It doesn't have to, it, it, then it becomes your swimming experience. It becomes your experience playing, you know, any sport or singing or whatever you like to do, but, uh, approach anything that you might want to enjoy or might be curious about and don't be discouraged if you're not great at it right away and but you know you can keep coming back to it and you'll find you'll find a guaranteed you'll get better at it each and every time 
um, and then it becomes yours. And, and then when it becomes yours, then it becomes very special. Perfect. I love that advice. Thank you for that. And I want to let everyone know that you can pick up the book Swim Team, Small Waves, Big Changes by Johnny Christmas. It's available everywhere books are sold. And definitely get this for your kids for reading over the summer. They will absolutely love it. Um, let us know, Johnny, where can people find you across social media to keep up with everything that you're doing? Sure. Yeah, I'm on uh, johnnychristmas.com, Johnny with an I-E. Um, and uh, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram's Johnny Xmas. I'm on Twitter at J underscore Xmas. Uh, that's right. There's an underscore in there. Yeah, J <laughs> under I, know, I know I got it uh, later what, or what have you. But uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter as well. I'm, uh, I'm pretty easy to find uh, if you Google Johnny with an I-E Christmas. Um, I'm, I'm all over the place. Perfect. Thank you so much. I want to thank you again for joining me today to talk about not only your book, but this important topic as we head into the summer. Um, I know that our parents, as well as our young readers, are going to appreciate all of the words of wisdom you gave today, as well as your book that you have created. Um, thank you again. And I just want to wish you a wonderful summer and much success in all of your future endeavors. Thank you for joining me. Thanks so much, Makiba. And thanks for having me. And thanks for um, your wonderful questions and, and uh, shining a light on this important topic. And um, so that, you know, I don't know how to, I don't, I'm not a great lifeguard or anything like that, but I grew up with each one, teach one. What I do know how to do is tell stories. And, I, and hopefully I could help in this area by, by the one thing I do know how to do, you know, uh, yes. with, to help our, our young people. So thank you so much for this. I appreciate oh, it. My pleasure.